Good morning. This is Dr. Shonda Garner-Brooks with the Family Strong Foundation. The Family Strong Foundation is the organization that hosts these Wellness Wednesdays calls. This is call number 31, 31 weeks that we've been here with you, keeping us all informed during this pandemic. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Unbeknownst to a lot of people, I think there are seven amendments that are also going to be on the ballot. And today we have Ms. Ola Prejean. She is a member of the League of Women Voters of Lafayette, and she is going to help us understand what those amendments mean when we vote yes and when we vote no. And she'll talk more about that. Ms. Prejean joined the League in 2007 during a time when the League was going through a renaissance after being dormant for more than 30 years. She has served in various leadership positions and is currently a member of the Voter Services Membership and Financial Review Committee. Ms. Prejean completed her undergraduate studies at the best HBCU on the planet, Southern University in Baton Rouge, and graduate studies, Howard University. After 32 years as a school psychologist and pupil appraisal services, she retired from the Lafayette Parish School System in 2014. She has been married to her husband of 46 years, Mr. Fred Prejean. They are the parents of one daughter and the doting grandparents of two intelligent, energetic, inquisitive young boys. I introduce to y'all Ms. Ola Prejean. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here this morning to talk about very important issues that will be on your um, ballot for this election cycle. Before I do that, let me just say a few words about um, the League of Women Voters. We are a nonpartisan organization. We do not endorse candidates um, nor oppose candidates. We do, however, support positions. We are um, a national, state, and local organization, and we engage. Our, our primary focus is to provide citizens with education um, and to do advocacy work to help citizens become more informed and involved in our government process. So I'm really happy to be here, and I just want to echo uh, what Dr. Brooks said about um, Hurricane Delta. Hope that you all made it through safely um, and or managing to deal with the lingering inconveniences of, of no power and perhaps even um, damages. But hope that everybody physically is okay and has the strength to get through it. So with that being said, um, let me get down to the business of this morning. There are seven amendments on the ballot that you will um, be seeing when you vote. Amendments are, these are amendments to the Constitution, and I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that these amendments are written, um, they're long, they're wordy, they're written in legal terms. So what I hope to be able to do this morning to the extent that I can is to try to break down each one. Let me just say at the outset, some of these are involved, and even breaking them down into, um, you know, everyday terms um, may still sound a little complicated, but, you know, bear with me here. Dr. Brooks mentioned um, suggesting that everyone get a, a notepad and pen or pencil. I think that's a very good idea because 
what I will do is go through each one. I will give you, instead of reading the um, entire wording of the amendment, I will give you a brief you know, heading of what it's about. Um, I will talk about it in terms of the current situation, meaning what the Constitution looks like now with regard to that particular amendment, then talk about what the proposed change is, and then give you an argument for and an argument against, which will give you some information to help you make up your mind when you go in to vote. And the source for the information that I'm providing is from PAR, the Public Affairs Research Council of Louisiana, which is an independent um, research organization that takes a, look at, takes a look at issues, the background, pro and con, does not weigh in on telling people how to vote, but merely provides information for you to use when voting. And I also will say that the specific, the complete document that I'm referencing can be found at um, a website, at our website, lwv-lafayette.org. That's lwv-lafayette.org. And at the end of our conversation, I'll try to remember to give that to you again. So let's get started. Amendment 1. Amendment 1, um, we can head as no right to abortion. The current situation right now is that abortion is legal in all states, and that's based on a court case, Roe versus Wade. So this particular amendment has nothing to do with trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. Just want to make that very clear. Also, the Louisiana Constitution already has language in it that if Roe versus Wade were to be overturned, then abortion would not be legal in Louisiana. But that also is not what this amendment is about. This is about the fact that the Louisiana Constitution right now has no language in it that specifically supports or opposes abortion. So the proposed amendment says that um, there's, because there's nothing in the Louisiana Constitution that protects or uh, opposes abortion, that a change would need to be made to the Constitution in the event that Roe versus Wade was overturned. So an argument for doing that <clears throat> would be to place the, the abortion issue in the hands of people rather than in the state court. Because if it were written into the Constitution that abortion, abortion funding was not legal, then state courts would not have to be involved in the process in the future in the event that Roe versus Wade would be overturned. So a vote yes would say that you would put something in Louisiana's Constitution that uh, would prohibit abortion. A vote no a vote against this Amendment 1 would say that there would be no change to Louisiana's Constitution. That even if, and it wouldn't even be necessary if Roe versus Wade is never overturned. So one, you'd, 
this amendment is trying to put something in the Constitution, in Louisiana's Constitution, that is not there now, that would specifically say that abortion and funding for abortions cannot happen in Louisiana. So that is amendment number one. Amendment two, let's call it oil and gas well assessment. And let me say that several of the um, other amendments that I'll talk about have to do with funding issues for Louisiana, and this is one of those. So Amendment 2, oil and gas well assessment. Right now, um, severance taxes are the only taxes that are constitutionally per permitted on oil and gas. They're... Um, Local property taxes are levied on the oil and gas wells, but does not give consideration to the minerals that the wells produce. So what this proposed change um, suggests is that trying to determine the value of oil and well gases would not only look at the, the gas wells, but would also consider the value of the mineral, the oil and gas, that comes from those particular um, wells. And this proposed change is supported by local tax assessors in the parishes, and it's also supported by the oil and gas industry. Now, the argument for this particular amendment, one, is that the oil and gas industry have come together to to create this particular amendment. And what it would mean is that the newer, richer wells would tend to be valued higher than the older, poor wells, which is not the case now. And it would give local assessors um, and the tax commission a way to try and logically figure out what is fair in terms of assessing um, those wells. It also would um, lessen the burden on some low producers. So we have a situation, if you vote for it, you're saying that the newer wells, because they perhaps produce more oil and gas, would be taxed higher than the older wells, which are low producers. An argument against this is that even though the assessors and the oil industry are for it, it's not clear how much money would be raised in terms of taxes. And so some parishes could receive more in property taxes, while others could receive less as a result of the amendment. So this is not a clear-cut win for parishes across the state. So a vote for it would, again, allow for the oil and gas, those minerals, to be included when trying to figure out the property tax assessment for that well. And a vote against it would keep the current methods in place, where it's just the well that is being assessed, not the minerals contained therein. Okay? Amendment 3. Let's call it the Rainy Day Fund and Disasters. 
Now, the current situation says that Louisiana has what's called the Budget Stabilization Fund, which is what we call the Rainy Day Fund. And that fund is available to help the state government to um, have a financial cushion in times of financial hardship that result in shortfalls for the state. And that it's key when we talk about shortfalls for the state. When there's not enough money in the state budget um, as allocated, then that rainy day fund can be tapped into. The change that this um, amendment is proposing is that it will allow the, um, the state to offset some of the costs that are associated with federally declared disasters. We just came out of one, um, Hurricane Delta. We came out of one a few weeks ago, um, Hurricane Laura. When the federal government declares those disasters, this is what this amendment is speaking to. And it is suggesting that in the case of such disasters, the state can go into that rainy day fund to offset some of the cost associated with the disaster. Now, argument for this amendment is certainly, like I said, that we do have frequent hurricanes and floods that we have to deal with, and those can be expensive for the state. Even though the federal government reimburses the state for a large part of that disaster, oftentimes the state does not have the um, adequate money on the front end to be able to pay up front or even to pay its share for those disasters. So this particular amendment would allow um, the state to go tap into that rainy day fund and quickly get the money that's needed to help the citizenry and then get reimbursed later. The argument against it is that even recognizing that there are disasters that occur, under the amendment that's proposed, the rainy day fund could be tapped even if the state isn't facing a shortfall, which means that it is possible for the state to tap into that rainy day fund way too quickly and perhaps way too often, which would then potentially delete the rainy day fund and then it wouldn't be there when the state needed it for budget times of shortfall. Additionally, there are already ways in place for, to help the state handle uh, financial problems that come about in case of disasters. Also, the state usually has years to pay back the federal aid, the federal disaster aid that we get. So. Um, the fact that they can pay it back over time may not pose a significant hardship that is being suggested um, here. And also, this was an, am an amendment that was passed without um, committee debate or opposing legislation. So on Amendment 3, the Rainy Day Fund, if you vote yes, 
you are saying that the state can tap into the rainy day fund when there is a federally declared disaster. If you vote no, you will con- you are saying that you want to continue to restrict how the state uses that rainy day fund. Amendment 4, um, state budget expending limit. Amendment 4 is a state budget expending limit. Right now, the Louisiana Constitution requires a balanced budget for state government. And when there's a deficit, it must be um, taken care of immediately. So the state can only spend what it takes in. And if it wants to spend more, then it has to take in more. So the amount of appropriations cannot exceed what is collected. And in addition to that, there are some um, limits on what can be spent on certain things. So that's the current situation with Louisiana. This proposed um, amendment would require that the state establish a procedure for trying to determine what that expenditure limit is. It doesn't remove the balanced budget requirement, but just changes how the state sets that expenditure limit. And there are some calculations um, provided in the PAR um, document, which I won't go into, but show comparisons of of figures um, that have been used over time. Now, the argument for making such a change is that the Louisiana grows at either an unpredictable rate or it grows too fast. And what happens is that once a budget is increased, it's politically difficult to cut it. You know, once they, once they give something, it's hard to go back and, and take it back and say we have to take it back because we no longer um, have money for it. So what happens in state government is that our government tends to spend every tax dollar that we get, and then down the road, politicians have to resort to, you know, either raising taxes or some kind of budget gimmick to get that budget um, balanced the way it's supposed to be. So if we were to tighten the expenditure limits on the front end and to perhaps set a way to raise the limits, that would attack the problem on the front end um, by saying what can be added to um, the budget. And it gives the the, um, legislators some flexibility in um, how they deal with the budget. The argument against it is that this amendment would not ensure more efficient government because all it does is come up with changes um, of how we, you know, set levels, but it doesn't necessarily change how they respond. And there are um, 
some funds that have um, already mandated increases, and those would not be eliminated. So those would, would continue to um, increase. So the idea of voting against this is that if citizens want to, um, you know, shrink the government or control the limit of the government, um, maybe we should elect people who will do that. And also with this particular amendment, voting um, against it, there's some things in the Constitution right now that are not protected from cuts, those being um, higher education and health care in general. So this does not mean that they would not continue to get cut further, even if the spending limit was increased. So Amendment 4, a vote for it says that you are willing to allow the state to create a new budget spending limit. And a vote against it says you want to keep the limit where it is currently. Amendment 5, we can call this one payments instead of property taxes. Right now, the state constitution requires certain assessments and certain local taxes on businesses and residential property. And anytime there's an exception to those assessments or local taxes, the, um, it must be approved by the constitution. And right now, already in the Constitution, there are some um, situations where there are exceptions to the kind of taxes that businesses pay. One of those um, is a program where the state can enter into an agreement with a with an economic development project and give them a tax break. Oftentimes with the state or the with the state then owning, taking ownership of that particular property, so it's not, um, doesn't pay property taxes. That, that's the current situation. And that, 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 that's where the state has the ability to make those agreements with, uh, with businesses. The proposed amendment would let local governments also enter into those kinds of agreements and to negotiate payments in lieu of taxes for new projects or additions. However, in this case, when it's with the new proposed amendment, the local government would not take ownership of the project, would not get legal title of the project. So the business maintains its legal ownership of the pro project, but is entering into an agreement with the local government to change um, a payment structure in lieu of, in lieu of taxes. Now voting, um, or an agreement for this particular amendment. It has support from a lot of different organizations. 
the Louisiana School Board Association, the Police Jury Association, the Louisiana Sheriff's Association, and, ser and several uh, business organizations support this amendment because it, it gives local governments an additional tool for incentivizing business investment in their community. And these payments can be used by local governments for a variety of purposes. As I mentioned, it would be locally run, has been successful in other states, and it brings in um, business and revenue into that particular local um, entity. An argument against it, um, I mentioned all of the organizations that are in support of it. Well, one group that's opposed to it are the assessors. They oppose this particular amendment. Opposition to it um, is because, one, they feel that the companies would be getting a better tax break and paying less taxes. And when less taxes are coming in, that means the local government is receiving less revenue on which to support its community. Also, um, if the payments are delinquent, the local government will have no way of um, recouping because the local government does not own the property. The business entity that entered into it still owns that property. So there is a concern that this program might create a potential for more corruption on the part of um, business interests and local officials. And also there was um, a law passed in um, 2018 that did give businesses some way to enter into agreements um, regarding um, changes in property taxes. So on this Amendment 5, payments instead of property taxes, if you vote yes, a vote yes would mean that you are giving the option for manufacturers and local governments to enter into agreements about how to make payments instead of paying property taxes. And if you vote no, you're saying to leave the current system in place. Amendment 6 also um, deals with taxes. Um, let's call this property tax freezes. <clears throat> right now, um, there is a situation where property taxes can be frozen for homeowners who meet certain income levels. And if they meet those income levels and they are a 65 or older, they're disabled veterans, they are surviving spouses of members of the military who were killed in action or totally disabled, they are able to apply to have their property tax assessments frozen. That income level is a person must earn no more than $77,030 annually. 
So this freezes the, will then freeze the assessment of the value of their home. This is not um, a change to the homestead exemption. That's not what this is about. It's just about which homeowners can freeze the property tax assessment um, if they meet certain requirements. So this proposed change would keep the property assessment freeze program in place, but it would raise the income limitation of those eligible to take advantage of it from the $77,000 to $100,000 annually. Now, an argument for this is that many seniors are skipping retirement at age 65, and many still live in um, a two-income household. And for many people, Social Security benefits do not, do not kick in until, until well after 65. So you have many older residents who, are, who have incomes that are above the current freeze threshold and may deserve a break like their other retired peers are getting. We have a situation where the retirement population um, is growing, and this would also keep people um, in the workforce in Louisiana and would make Louisiana uh, a more attractive place for retirees. An argument against it is that if people are working longer and have more income later in life, then perhaps this amendment moves it in the wrong direction because the idea of the freeze is to help people who are on fixed incomes. But if people are gainfully employed, then they're not on fixed incomes and may not need this particular benefit. And right now, because Louisiana does have the um, homestead exemption, that is one, perhaps the local governments would be denied another you know, stable tax base if this amendment were to go into place. So Amendment 6, the property tax freezes, if you vote yes, a vote yes would say that homeowners with higher incomes would be able to also qualify for the tax assessment, the property tax assessment freeze. And if you vote no, you're keeping the property tax freeze at the income level that's currently set at. Amendment 7. A new fund for unclaimed property protection. Right now in Louisiana, every year, there are thousands of people who have claims to money they don't even know about. Um, there may be unclaimed bank accounts, unclaimed insurance payments, um, unclaimed um, energy bill excesses. Sometimes there are oil leases on family property that heirs don't know about, and that unclaimed money goes into um, the treasurer's office at the state of Louisiana, and it's put into what's called the unclaimed property program. 
And this program then seeks to try and find um, those people to return that money. So there's this pool of money in the treasurer's office that, you know, belongs to people, and oftentimes those people don't even know about it. So what happens with that money right now is that the state does make an effort to return, to, to return the money to citizens, but when there is an excess in that fund, then the state uses it, that the excess is then turned over to um, the, um, the state, and it, and it goes into the state's general fund. <clears throat> And that's what happens um, right now. The change says that there would be the creation of a Louisiana unclaimed property permanent trust fund. Right now, as I mentioned, it's just in a fund, but it's not really protected um, for specific, in a specific way. So the proposed change is to create this new Louisiana Unclaimed Property Permanent Trust Fund and says that any money that's not refunded in a given year from that unclaimed property fund would go into this new fund we're talking about rather than just going straight into the general fund. The argument for this amendment is that the amendment still protects the money that belongs to the individuals. Uh, it's felt that this, this new fund is needed because there's been an increase um, in returns to um, people who are owed this money. So there's a concern that a cash flow issue will occur because people can find out that they the owed money can ask for it at any point in time, and if the treasurer has put the money in the general fund, then the thought is that when folks start to ask for it, the money won't be there, and there'll be a deficit in that fund. So by allowing the fund to be invested, it will provide um, a future revenue stream that the state would always have available um, and would not have to be concerned about spending other people's property. The argument against it is that the unclaimed property program, which is in place now, has existed for almost 50 years, and there's never been a time when there were more claims on the money than collections had come in. So this fear about potential deficit has never occurred. And when the money goes into the general fund, it's put to good use by funding important programs like health care, state colleges, um, and K-12 education. And it's felt that the state needs every dollar it can get without having to raise taxes. And this provides one way of doing that. So if you vote Yes, on Amendment 7, for this new fund, what you're saying is that the 
money should be put in a new trust fund, which would um, go to continue going to pay private citizens who owed the money, but the excess wouldn't go directly into the general state fund. And if you vote no, you're saying that things stay the way they are. Um, citizens get their money that they are due, and any leftover goes into the general state fund. Those are the seven amendments that are on the ballot. Uh, before I come off, before I end here, there is a proposition that will be on the ballot, and it's a proposition that all parishes will be voting on. So I'd like to mention that one too. Um, when there are propositions, usually it's a parish by parish proposition, and a proposition in St. Landry Parish would look different from, you know, St. Martin, Acadia, Lafayette Parish. This particular proposition that I'm about to speak to will be seen on the ballot in every parish. So for that reason, um, I'll go ahead and mention it as well. This is not, you will not see it on your ballot as one of the seven constitutional amendments. It is a proposition. It's a proposition to allow sports betting by parishes. Right now, um, the only sports uh, wagering that's allowed in Louisiana is online fantasy sports contests. And those are only allowed in parishes that approved it in 2018. I don't know the status of St. Landry Parish and whether that was approved in St. Landry uh, or not. Um, otherwise, sports betting um, is prohibited in Louisiana. <clears throat> this proposed change, uh, again, does not make a change to the Constitution, but under the Act, it would, it would allow sports betting to be permitted in any parish where the majority of the voters say yes to this proposition on um, November 3rd. And even if the parishes say yes, it's not going to happen immediately because there are some things that have to be worked out um, at the state level. But the, the motions will be put in place. Um, the argument for it is that people already bet illegally on football, basketball, and other kinds of games. And this vote would just legalize and formalize that activity and allow the state and local governments to regulate it and taxes. Um, right now, Mississippi, for instance, allows this sports um, betting to take place. And so Louisiana might be able to, you know, get back some of those folks who go to Mississippi and other states to do it. And it's projected that it would... Uh, bring up to about $330 million to Louisiana if it were to take place. Also, the idea is that it might help Louisiana's um, tourism industry, again, bringing people into Louisiana who might want to engage in this activity where they can't do it other, other places. The argument against it is that this is um, just a, another effort to expand gambling in Louisiana, and it's also seen as an effort to um, draw younger people into um, this activity because it would not 
um, necessarily have to happen um, at a casino. You know, it could happen um, outside the casino. So there's a concern about expanding um, gambling. Uh, right now, Louisiana is the fifth most gambling addictive state in the nation. Those against this amendment are saying that why should the government encourage people to gamble and then for taxpayers to have to pay for the financial and social problems that result um, from that. And there's some argument that perhaps the claims of how much revenue um, and the benefit that comes from it might be overstated. So a vote for it would permit sports wagering in your respective parish, and a vote against it would forbid sports wagering in your respective parish. Again, this is not an amendment to the Constitution, but it is one of the propositions that you will see on your ballot. So that wraps up the seven amendments that you'll be faced with and that one um, proposition. Ms. Prejean, thank you so much.